Hello and welcome to episode two of The Fresh Engineer. This is a show where we chat about uh, what it's like to enter the industry of, of technology for the first time, particularly as a software engineer. Just wanted to say like a big thank you for the reception that we had in the first episode. Uh, it was really great. I think we've hit uh, far more views, far, far more listens yes. than we were expecting. Um, I was shocked. I was so happy. So thank you everyone for listening. It was amazing. Yeah, it's been exceptional so far. I have noticed that I've had this big uptick. Uh, I think, Anna, your Twitter game is better than mine. I've had a big uptick in followers, but all of them are iOS developers. And I keep thinking they're going to be so disappointed when they realize I know nothing about iOS development. I tell you what, they're going to be more disappointed when you find out that you say iOS that rhymes like tacos instead of iOS. I've I've always said iOS. Is it iOS? Yeah, I think there's like... There's a big divide, and it's actually like quite a common joke in the industry. There's the people that say iOS like tacos, like macos like tacos, yeah, and the people that. Say- well. <laughs> I'm sorry, it's just like it's it's so funny, but it's regardless, it's, it's still the same thing. I think there's some people. It's a bit like the GIF and the GIF debate, so it's. Um, <laughs> it's I don't even know this world existed. Uh, <laughs> I, I live in the, firmly in the like server side and then like web full stack kind of side. It's great though, it's been good. I've been enjoying all of the new iOS content. (laughs) Just wanted to introduce ourselves for our new listeners and new people that are um, hanging about. Uh, My name is Anna. I am actually from Italy, but I lived in the UK for quite a few years. I am originally an iOS developer, um, but I've been working mostly as a general <laughs> general software engineer and mobile infrastructure engineer at Spotify. And just so you know, everything I say here, they're all my views, not my employer's views, just so everyone knows. And uh, yeah, Elliot. Yeah, I'm Elliot. I'm a <laughs> software engineer, stroke engineering manager, I've sort of flipped between the roles the past couple of years. I'm working at, at Dice.fm. We sell tickets and things to live music we're very musical driven we are. Uh, developers at the moment yeah i you know what I, I didn't even click this until now that we're both like in the i mean because for me right now like i haven't been doing much feature work so it's always like oh yeah like you know i'm i'm just working on basil and all these type of things i'm like yeah we're both working at music company that's so cool um <laughs> And, and, and we used to work together for, um, for those that don't know, we used to work together at Just Eat, uh, which had very great discounts. And yeah, we worked together in the, same, uh, in the same team for quite a while. It was awesome. Should we segue our way into exploring the episode? Of course. Um, so today, what are we going to be talking about? So we're going to give you a bit of an overview uh, about how to distinguish some good opportunities from not so good opportunities, just our general experience with them. Um, We're going to talk about how we typically go about finding new roles. So what do we do when we are at the step zero of the process? Um, What are our rules of engagement? I like this term, rules of engagement, um, with these new opportunities and the people that represent these opportunities. And uh, yeah, some specific things that we're looking out for and maybe some green flags, maybe some red flags that we see during the recruitment process and just our experiences so far because I we have we've had quite a lot and we're very happy to to share it okay Elliot how did you get your current job good question I got my current job at DICE I was working at my previous role I was very happy in it but I was just kind of keeping my eyes open for a couple I guess a couple like check boxes that my role at Just Eat didn't have that mm-hmm. I was I kind of thought I'd I'll just keep my eyes open and, and if something pops up that kind of checks everything that I've got at the moment, but also looks like it checks a few of these other boxes, I'd be an idiot not to look at it. So I got a message slid into my LinkedIn DMs by, by Trish at Dice, and she was just explained the role and kind of gave a, a list of the details really, um, which is always great. Not many recruiters actually give you details about role. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it just gave me all of the information up front and a couple of those things, such as working with Elixir, a language I've wanted to work with for quite a while. Oh, nice. um, remote, uh, I was looking for a fully remote job or kind of interested in them um, and just a smaller company. And those were the sort of three 
boxes I was kind of looking for or just or just had in the back of my mind. And, and I just said, well, it seems like it could tick the current boxes plus some of these other ones. So I have to I have to engage in this one. And so I just I sent Trish back a, a message and we had a call the next day and then, then sort of started moving through the recruitment process. And cool. I think... F- for me, for, for, for this role in particular, that was quite straightforward, um, although there were like several stages. And so it started off with a, a call with Trish, which I, I, I guess is a sort of talent acquisition screening call, whatever you want to call it, where basically she checks that I'm not totally insane and sort of <laughs> kind of I match up. I, at least I can talk my way through matching up to the current, um, that they're kind of what they're looking for ask a bit about my background and stuff like that and then after that we we scheduled a call with some of the engineers and the hiring manager just a, a quick kind of get to know you thing where they then fired some technical questions and some like general questions at me after that i think there was a take home tech test which i think is quite common these days in a lot of roles and then we had a final interview which was a bit more looking at the technical tests and chatting through the the solution some of the discussing some approaches I hadn't considered and things like that. And then we moved on to like a slightly bigger kind of architectural discussion um, around, around around sort of a scenario that they had, a, a real one, it's not like a made up one or anything. And then mm-hmm. then it moved to offer stages and, and there were a couple of calls after that, but they were more just more from what I requested yeah. than, than what they what they were requiring then. It's common to have, I found, I found it and it was quite surprising. Um, that I guess the more senior you become in a way, the more you have uh, a chance to, I guess, pick your team if it's in a bigger company and yep. have some of these matching calls. I heard that apparently yep. at Google, you can go for like a month through these matching. Uh, I heard it's very hearsay. Um, but one thing I wanted to touch on that you said at the beginning, uh, very, very beginning sure. of, uh, of the experience is when you said that it, it ticked a few boxes. Yeah. So I think that is crucial in, in many ways part I was just thinking that as as you as you move through different jobs and you you change experience, these check boxes change a lot, right? Massively. Because maybe at first, before you went to uh, to just eat, probably you were right. One of my check boxes is a big company that is like you know international distributed work, and then you're like, okay, now I want to try a smaller company and these type of things. So I think it's very. Um, it's something that's really important to have your own check boxes as you're thinking of going, it doesn't matter what stage you're in, right? Because you could be, of course, when you are just trying to get into the the industry, you might be a bit less, um, you know, like nitpicky, like, yes, they must have a ping pong table and they must have a, fr- <laughs> you know, every yeah. Friday, 4 p.m., everyone, like you, you cannot be as specific, but the big, the big things, the big things that are um not easily changed um it's good to have in mind and be intentional about them as you go through the process um yeah i completely agree i I think the thing i I moved to when i went to just eat i came out of a three-person startup that Mm. was quite full-on for a couple years um we eventually sort of ran out of funding and stuff like that it was great fun it was honestly like the best job i've ever had but when i moved to just eat i knew i wanted a an organization that was a bit more established where i could spend some more time learning and not feel not guilty about it but not feel pressure to kind of output based off of that i guess yeah Um, exactly uh, and I, i wanted somewhere that had that resources like you know they could send me to a conference without thinking about it to go and learn something or uh, I, I could buy go through a bunch of courses and things like that and, and learn from a really big team and work on a big distributed thing and then moving to dice i almost saw a lot of the decisions that had been made at just eat and i mm-hmm. thought ah oh, right the next organization i join i want to join one that's earlier in the stage so mm-hmm. that i can be involved in making a lot of those decisions rather than um kind of dealing with them after the fact and yeah. none of the decisions i think were inherently bad that had been made at just eat but there are things that then outlive the people who are there yeah. and i had joined after a lot of those had been made and it's interesting to get a chance to make some of those now exactly um, and that that's the sort of the big challenge for me now whereas previously in my career a lot of it was okay how can i learn to build these bigger systems and now i'm thinking okay how can i help lead a team to the point of um, this scale, things mm-hmm. like that. 
definitely i think this is really interesting the fact that every time you you change job you're almost you bring back with you so much like a wealth of knowledge yeah and uh, exactly. and this is like your own personal uh, yeah your own personal wealth it's really it's a really really important thing and it's uh, it's nice to think about it that way as you're going through you are wiser than you were before because you've experienced something different which i think it's an it's a good thing um if you carry it with you um, and also, if you have a lot of different things, especially at the beginning of your career, if you're not afraid to be like, right, I'm just going to be staying here in my little corner of the world and coast through, challenge yourself and learn new things, and then you can bring them on. And and as you said, like you're now be able to contribute at DICE in a way that you, you bring all this knowledge that you've gained in your previous jobs and your previous experiences. And that's, you know, that's more important even than how fa- like how many lines of code you can write in a day or how well do you program in this language. Yeah. That's a really good point, actually. I, I, um, when I fir- my first job was at a small company who probably should have hired some senior engineers mm. rather than like rather than me and some of the other less experienced engineers they tried to hire. Basically, kind of, um, I think they saw slightly cheaper labor mm-hmm. um, at the time and and just didn't understand what the quality difference was between senior engineers and uh, more junior interns and stuff like that and it worked out brilliantly for me mm-hmm. but now when people ask me that when they're looking for jobs one of the really common questions people come to me is they they say i've got this job offer with a startup that looks really fun and you know it's a startup right and then they say and i've got this offer from this massive multinational corporation i suppose um which which one do i take and i think if if you'd asked me earlier in my career when i i benefited a lot from that small company because they took a chance on me and i was very early in my career but at the same time the business still needed a lot of stuff doing so i had a lot of chance to do things that I probably shouldn't really have been doing uh, really and, and probably didn't do very well. Um, but now I think when I'm slightly older and slightly wiser, I suppose, I would usually, I usually suggest to people that they go with the bigger company, mm. not necessarily because of money or, or anything like that, but just because they tend to be better set up for a, almost like a sandbox playground for you to learn in and they have a lot of money to pour exactly. into your learning and there's less pressure there you know if you join a startup and you're a junior engineer even though they know you're a junior engineer there's always this okay but we do need you to start delivering whereas exactly. in a bigger company they they know you know oh, this is your first job you don't know anything it's going to be at least six months before you're contributing anything meaningful and probably a year before you're even relatively self-sufficient Definitely. and they have that expectation they've hired you knowing that um I think that's really, I find it really interesting that my advice on that has changed over the years. Definitely. And you know what's funny, actually, this reminds me, I had a similar start, actually, of my career. My first ever job, I was uh, um, in, a, in a small, and it wasn't much of a startup, it was a, a, an agency that then uh, decided to develop its own product. And so it had kind of like a startup uh, um, stage, but yeah. it was a lot of... Uh, uh, mature people, very senior software engineers, very people that had been in the industry literally for a really long time, incredible wealth of knowledge. And uh, and then there was me <laughs> and a couple other uh, junior engineers. But I think I was re- I was so lucky and I keep thinking it now to start in a place like that where our um, you know our bosses and the people above us were so nice, so understanding and so patient that they were literally like I didn't feel not scared, but I felt like I, I was comfortable with walking in on my first day and I only knew Swift and say, okay, here's a five-year-old Objective-C code base. Yeah. There you go, in front of you. But, <laughs> but it's like, if you have the right people around you in an environment like that, then that's your lifeboat, right? That's your little, what's it called? That little donut that goes around the people that are swimming. What is your, that called? Um, not a dinghy. A, no, uh... what is it called? 
it's just an inflatable ring, right? Yes, that thing. There's no okay. There's a word in Italian for that, which is uh, great, which means people saver. That's what it's called. Salvag- oh, a life like a life preserver kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. if you have if you're in, if you have these type of people that are your life preserver, in, even even if you're in a small company, and yes, you are expected to deliver quicker you will be able to. And that for me was a big advantage because it taught me a lot on how to learn, how to teach myself things. But at the same time, I think now if I was to um, to give people advice, I would probably go around the same. I was like, if you can, if you have the choice um, and you're not sure about the type of people that are at the startup or the smaller company that you're going to go through, if you don't have a good knowledge of who they are and how they deal with people, other juniors that have gone through the process, then go on the in the inverted commas safe bet uh, and it was actually interesting because back then when I first started my career I was uh, um, I accepted the offer from this company and at the same time I was still like in uni at that point like I was still um, studying finishing my master's and I received an approach from one of the Twitter recruiters and I'd always wanted to work there and at the time I actually I was like oh I already have an offer maybe I should go in the process but then I was like actually no I don't think and I thought I don't think I'm ready for a big company at the time interesting yes yeah. I, I i didn't remember this until very recently when so we started talking looking yeah. back do you think that do you think about that differently if, if you had that same situation placed in front of you would your reaction be i don't think i'm ready for a big company or, or has, has your understanding of a big company changed now i think if it was any other company but uh where i started which is called like socrates software if it was any other small company other than software socrates software i would have said you are probably ready for a big company go for a big company because they have as you said, the infrastructure and the ability to kind of like cultivate you. Yeah, it's completely true. Yeah. So it all depends. It, it depends a lot on, oh, this is the favorite thing that all like senior developers love to say. It depends. Um, yeah. So <laughs> from who I think a lot of the time when you're a junior or entering the industry, the people around you are going to be they could be your lifeline or they could be like something that makes you sink. So that is the most important thing. Get a good idea of who they are. I was lucky because back then when I did my interviews, it was still the time where we saw people face to face. So I met them in person. I was able to be in a room with them. And I think it used to, be, it, it was a lot better for me to get, um, to get their, um, their reaction. And also at the time that startup was like a startup in the um, uh, prisoning and probationing for the prisoner for prisoners and probationers sorry so it was in an area of tech that was almost like you know tech for good so you know the type of people that work in these areas of tech are going to be most of the time right this is a generalization but you can you have more of an indication of the people that are willing to work in these areas so yeah it was it was it was great in that way rounding back to your question your first question how, how did you land your current job what was that process for you at Spotify Ooh, um so it was actually quite interesting because at the same time I went through um as I was saying earlier I went through like different stages in my career of like first small company then medium companies now like large companies and when I applied to um to jobs I almost applied to a few at the same time so I was able to, I guess, observe in the past few years the differences between like the process in in different sized companies and different scope. So right now, for the latest um, interview uh, processes that I went through, I applied through similar sized companies. Like uh, I went through the process with Twitter, with Spotify, with Reddit, and weirdly, they all had a very very similar, like basically the same process for interview. Yeah, it's almost a carbon copy these days, isn't it? <laughs> Yeah, it's but and interestingly, this time I didn't have any take home test. And I thought, okay. oh, that's I was like, oh, that's nice. That means, you know, but it didn't mean that I didn't have anything to do in my spare time, because one of the big things I had to do f- to prepare and to get through the interview process was to brush up on my um, algorithm, the data structure questions. Okay on LeetCode. And this is, if this is, uh, LeetCode is a website that allows you to practice um, algorithm and data structure questions. Do not worry about this if you're at the beginning of your career, uh, because there's much more important things to learn. Um, but keep in mind the basics. And it's something that like you have to go through at certain stages some, if you want to get to, the, to this level companies. Because from my research at the time, because as I was going through the process, I did a lot of research into how other companies were hiring um, 
all the hiring processes in these bigger companies. And I think pretty much almost everyone, when I when I did go through this um, process, required algorithm and data structure knowledge. It wasn't decisive towards whether I got the job because I know it was like my weakest area out of everything else I interviewed for. Um, but it was something I had to I had to do anyways. In terms yeah. of, <laughs> I think I think different companies do they they go one one way or the other, don't they? They go either mm -hmm. the um, more rigid, small questions that are quite computer sciencey, or they mm -hmm. go the route of like a project, yeah. take home project thing. I've I'm personally not a fan of the leak code approach. I've had a yeah. few. I, I have also started going through some of these and decided not to proceed with some of them because they're not very representative of the work and it just is yeah. almost it's often felt like oh okay I'm putting in a bunch of work to satisfy your conditions but I'm not getting anything at this stage exactly. whereas other jobs that do at least a take-home test that's uses a similar problem to their business at least mm -hmm. I know okay I'm getting a kind of a feel for the work that we might be doing and then there's sometimes like a bit of a review stage where um like, like when I was going through the process at DICE, part of the take-home test was they would give some feedback as a pull request on GitHub mm. or as an That's issue nice. or pull request on GitHub and we would do one iteration. And that was made clear to me at the beginning. Um, and, and I quite enjoyed that because I thought, oh, okay, one, I'm getting to know an engineer, I'm seeing mm -hmm. how they work, I'm getting to see what their review process is a little bit like, even though it's not completely representative, it feels a bit bit better. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think if particularly the some of the really big companies at the moment they the, the big problem is is the leak code ones are very efficient to run yeah. in a recruitment pipeline exactly so they do, do them like i know it's not the single it's not the most important part by the way i just wanted to also specify you're not only like if, if you start whatever level you are you're not only going to be put in front of like you know a lead code or a data um like an algorithm data structure question and be okay there you go, do it. I think it was good the way that I handled, like, not that I handled it, but that um, they put it to me, both like every company, like Spotify, Twitter, Reddit. It was more like, let's um, speak through this problem and solve it out loud. So I yeah. think that was the, the benefit, I guess. Because Did you do it live with, with interviews yeah, yeah. on the call? Okay, yeah, yeah. cool. That's interesting. Actually, I also, I forgot at the time, I also interviewed for Amazon. That one, I didn't do it live. I just did it in my own time. Um, right. but I'm not going to lie. I kind of threw that one because I was like, I could not be bothered after I did the algorithm and data structure questions for Amazon. And then they, um, oh, I cannot talk about this, but there was a, a weird test, like almost a personality test. And I was like, okay. and that's when I was like, go to heck. This is, this is so dumb. Um, I really like, so I failed the personality test for Amazon, which is funny. It is, is it, I'm going to diverge a moment and go off on a tangent. Um, you said when you were looking for a, la a, a job recently or kind of before before you landed at Spotify, you applied at a bunch of different places. Yeah. Um, I guess my question is twofold. One, uh, how did you find those opportunities? Mm -hmm. And then two, like, how did you select the yeah. ones that you wanted to go through with? That's a good question. So at the time, the, what happened initially is one of the Spotify uh, internal recruiters. So just so you know, some companies have their own uh, internal talent acquisition team that will reach out to you on LinkedIn, like they did to me um, and in other areas. And some instead hire some external recruiters and contractors. And we'll talk about that in, another time, maybe more you in depth. You can also apply through their website, I'm guessing, yeah, as well, right? exactly. Um, but still, when you go through that, if you apply if a company has an internal recruitment team and you apply through their website, you will be uh, talking to the recruiter as well. And they're going to kind of be handling the process for you. Maybe they're going to be the ones that are going to present you uh, the offer or scheduling interviews. So it's, it's just something I think uh, I didn't know at the beginning, like before I entered the, the, uh, the industry that it was as close with it. Uh, so what happened is I received a message on LinkedIn from one of uh, the Spotify recruiters and she was like, honestly, so, so nice. So um, I was like, okay, wow, I've always wanted to work for Spotify. Like it was always in my list of companies because when I first started, I had a big list of like my dream companies to work for that I researched over the years that I had people that worked there that I admired, that I followed on Twitter. 
Um, and I was like, okay, dear, here's the people that I admire that work at this company. Here's what the company is doing, the things I look out for, and most importantly, products I use. So I have, I've always had a list of uh, um, the dream companies, right? So I, Spotify reached out to me and I was like, wow, um, I hadn't been at the current, at the job where I was at for very long. And at first I was like, oh, maybe, maybe not because like, I haven't been here long. And then I was like, Anna, what the heck? What are you thinking? Like, it doesn't matter what happens after in your CV because when you want to go to Spotify, you don't care about, you know, how it's going to look if you haven't been there at your current job for a long time, if Spotify wants you at this stage. So I was like, okay, well, let's let's go through the process. But then because I was so um, kind of, I don't know how to explain, but like very carried away with the notion of working there, I really, really wanted it so much. I'm like, okay, I need to... Um, first of all, apply to other places. So I am not like fresh, you know, I don't know how to explain it, but I'm not completely unwarmed up. Right. I want like, I want a bit of a warm up for these interviews. I want to uh, okay. have so, so you, you wanted to try and get an interview in before. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. And also I wanted to also um, have a backup because I was like, if I don't get Spotify, I am going to be very heartbroken. And okay. The moment you decide to leave a company, I found in my experience, is probably the moment that you're you're gonna like you're not gonna want to stay afterwards. It's very hard. Yeah, so, I've I've had that same yeah. thing. I've seen people who have applied for jobs, got an offer, then their current employer has given them a counter offer, and they've taken that and stayed. I could never. And within about a month, they realise they've made a terrible mistake <laughs> because you've. I think it was, um, I, sh I read an article by uh, Rands and Repose, if you've ever read him, excellent oh. Michael Lopp, brilliant, brilliant blog. Um, and he was talking about the idea of like shields down. And as soon as somebody lets their shields down at a job, like as soon as they start saying, oh yeah, okay, I'll look at this opportunity. They're leaving, they're gone. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's exactly the moment I got that message. Happens. It's exactly what I felt. I was like, wow, well, you know, okay, I have to go for this. And then I was like, yeah, you know, in case I don't get this job, I can't, I cannot stay here knowing that I, I'm still, I'm still here and I'm the not. The job you're in at the time, were you enjoying that or was it not? No, no, no. I mean, I, I don't want to, it's kind of like. I'm not asking for the name, I'm just genuinely asking, like, when you got that message, where, where were your shields at that point? Were you already yeah. kind of finding things difficult and not feeling like it was a great fit or like yeah. you come to your end there? I think it was like, I think. For me personally, it wasn't the right opportunity. And I knew it very, I had been there, I think when I got the first message, like four months, five months, and I knew that already. I feel like, you know, and at least for me, if you're very in tune with how you feel, you know immediately if you're going to be happy somewhere or not. Like I just eat after my first month, I'm like, I really like it here. I said, I really like it here. Why did uh, you stay, Anna? <laughs> because <laughs> there's once again my check boxes changed after that. Yeah. But at the beginning, it, I was happy, even though happens. even though like I I did leave at one point, I was really happy at Justy. I had a great time. My my first job, immediately I was like, wow, this is a lot of work, but I am happy here, and I know I'm gonna be happy here for a while. And it's the same how as I feel now. It's really, such an amazing experience so far that I am um I'm so so happy. So it's kind of like. Is that feeling that you get if you're in tune with how you feel and how you cope with stress more and pressure more on that if you want to you know our previous episode uh so if you can tell by your telltale signs um that you're you're not doing well that you're not coping well then um you know you'll um you'll know immediately and that the previous job where i was at when spotify reached out to me I knew for I knew already. Like I, I thought, wow, I've got to tough it out for a bit because I don't want to look like a job hopper too much. Um, but I was definitely not happy, and maybe in hindsight, I could have left a lot earlier than I than I did if I was really in tune with, um, not just in tune with how I was feeling, but if I had, I guess, the bravery to do that and to leave without having something lined up, I would have done that much earlier. Um, so yeah, so they, uh, that my shields were very, very, I guess they were, they were down at the time. It wasn't a bad place. It just wasn't the right place for me. And I could tell sure. very, yeah. very soon. Um, so then I was like, okay, well, Spotify reached out to me and then I was like, okay, well, I guess I have, I have to, uh, apply to other places in case I don't get this job that yeah. I really, really want. So I can cheer myself up and at least, uh, have a good opportunity and, and be also because it's, a, it's a good exercise 
for um for the interviews that I wanted the most. It it wasn't that I didn't want the other jobs that I went for, but I just wanted the Spotify one the most. So yeah. I tried it's, to it's good to have competing offers on the table yeah, as well exactly. if you can get through a few of them because then you you get a first-hand feel for okay, what what's the market valuing me at right now across these different companies, and you can see if things are wildly different. You can be like, well, oh, that's a bit weird. Exactly, and you, it's important. I think this is one of the most important advices I want to give to people that are applying for jobs and are about to enter the industry is to not put all your eggs in one basket, not be like, I want to apply to one job, this one job only. I'm gonna. Um, only you know write the cover letter for them only study for them do apply to multiple ones because it's not just like for bad for bad luck or whatever it's because there is value in applying to different um to different jobs because you it's like you're training at the gym right you don't want to train just one oh it's a really bad metaphor isn't it um <laughs> the gym is is a bad metaphor in this i case. get what you mean though you're yeah. if, if you're really content that you want to leave your current job Mm-hmm. then applying at a few places makes a lot of sense because yeah. you get really into that rhythm, don't you? And exactly. You have, particularly, as you said, if you can try and schedule one that you're not as keen on as your first one, exactly. you can get into that mindset of, because that conversation between you and the interview panel mm-hmm. can be quite, it's quite an odd one, isn't Definitely. it, really? It's, it's quite weird. And if you can have a real-life kind of practice run at that before you get into the roles that you're you've got your uh, kind of higher up your list mm-hmm. then that, that can be really good I exactly. must admit I, I tend to do the opposite I, t- uh, <laughs> I you... tend to only if, if an opportunity comes along I'm like okay that that does sound good I won't generally start interviewing at other places but it kind of depends where I'm, what I'm feeling like mm-hmm. for this role I was genuinely very happy at the previous role and I mm-hmm. don't completely I, I almost went into the process reluctantly uh, I guess yeah. kind of feeling like oh, I feel like I still got some more to learn but for me and my career and where I want to go this is an opportunity that seems too good for me to miss at the moment mm-hmm. um, and so I did just go through one but I think that's really good advice generally if you have decided that you are leaving your role yeah. which is most likely the option if you're on a job website <laughs> looking at other jobs mm-hmm. then applying for a few is is really really good idea it's just like you have nothing to lose at that point if you because what it does as we were saying it strengthens you it strengthens your um your you know your how do you call it your personal um (laughs) ability to cope maybe with rejection because if you're like you know if you get a no or if you get some feedback and criticism it's it makes you stronger to get that and to get it from multiple places if you put all your eggs in one basket and you get told no then you are you're all dry and that's not good and i would i would recommend to do this honestly if you can for both if you're changing jobs from like one tech job to another but also if you're about to enter the industry just apply to apply to things that obviously you want to go to because that's the other things i did i didn't apply to every job i found when i was looking the industry was very very ripe it was a really good moment and everyone was hiring like mad. But I was like, okay, Anna, don't go crazy with applying for every job that offers your target comp, um, yeah, your target um, money. Just think about the products that you use, the companies that are on your company list and apply to those. Um, and so that's kind of what I, what I did and what really helped me through it. And then I ended up getting... Um, a few offers and, st- and things like that and obviously like and then I was glad because I got the Spotify offer and uh, I was like yeah of course I'm gonna go <laughs> for this one which is the you know the one I really really wanted that's ex- that's an excellent segue into our kind of next and I guess possibly final area to explore which is like rules of engagement mm. so moving us nicely on from figuring out what roles you want which I guess maybe we can tackle that a bit more in another episode as Mm -hmm. well because I think it it might be let us know dear listener um (laughs) if that's an area that you you want us to look into a bit more but um rules of engagement like with recruiters is something that I don't think people talk about too much Mm -hmm. what what are your what, what are your rules of engagement what's your approach you know say somebody drops a dm in your inbox on linkedin with an opportunity and it it any opportunity good or bad what's what's your first like first 
particular set of rules of how you engage with that? So number one thing, um, I have a few um, bad listed agencies, recruitment agencies. Oh, yeah, so <laughs> immediately I check where are you working? Like that's not just age. Sure. I mean, companies, it's different when I, when you get an internal recruiter uh, message, I tend to look at those a little bit more closely, but if you get an agency recruitment message, check where are they working? What are the reviews? You know, if you have time, I guess like as you're, as you're into the industry, you will learn your, you will make your bad list on your own. It, it just happens. So I check immediately where they're working. Then I check if they spelled my name right. Because someone, <laughs> someone called me, hello, Eduardo. Oh yeah, I get I get at least one. I think I get one or two of those a year, and Aww. it's great. I always re I always send a message back to that one, no matter how bad the opportunity is. I always reply to them with a message, and I always sign it from the name that they used. <laughs> and sometimes people notice, and other times they've sheepishly come back to me apologizing when they've noticed. That's amazing. And one thing I did when when I got the message like "Hello, Eduardo," I replied. Oh, hi, Eduardo. I was like, is that how we're going to call each other? Is that the new mate's name? Uh, but I agree. That's always a bad sign. But actually, kind of off topic, but on the topic. I don't know if you knew, but before I got into tech, before I did my, my conversions master's and got into the industry, I worked for a few months in a recruitment office. Oh, as you a, did, didn't you? Yeah. And so I guess for me, I have a bit more... Um, like inside knowledge, I guess, on it. And okay. so I can tell immediately how personalized the message is. So it's yeah. it's harder for me to fall to a sales pitch, I mean, which is after, what it, it essentially after is. You've probably after you've written like 10, yeah. and particularly after you've read hundreds, yeah. you, you know what's cookie cutter. Exactly. And you can tell immediately who's like the sales pitch. You can tell it very, very quick. You can tell it even if you've seen lots of these messages, but at the beginning, especially, that was a good luck when I was a junior. I could I I was able to weed out quite a few um, unserious messages because there's there's different types of messages approaches from recruiters. I guess some they ask they want to know if you would be in their database, right? If you are going to be there for them to spam you, right? So they want to know as much information about you. What do you, what you know, what education do you have? What experience do you have? What comp do you have? All these information, and you will be able to tell if that's the case, if the if the job description is really vague. So that's another red flag that I look out for: very vague job description and sure. and yeah. very vague um, compensation, like competitive or up yeah. to ninety k. Up to 90K, yeah. what could it be? 5K, could you pay me? Like, do I have to pay you? Up to 90K means absolutely nothing. Like, tell me the range or tell me what I'm expecting to do, right? Um, so that's another thing I look out for, my rules of engagement. And then I try to um, to reply if they are if they're nice, if they're polite, and if they provide the information, even if I'm not interested. I try do to do the same. It's like trying to just gently encourage people to be better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's always good. My, my, my number one thing to do though, if it's, if I'm interested, I reply, I say very plainly, I'm like, look, this is what I'm looking for. This is the money I'm looking for. I, I just say it right away because there's no point wasting money, wasting time. Um, time is money. So I say, okay, here's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for a remote job that's paying this, that's allowing me to have these type of responsibilities with a great learning culture and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So I may, I give them my requirements. I'm like, is this the type of role? And if they say, let's chat on the phone, then they don't actually have a very specific role for you. They are just trying to bait, not bait, but they're just trying to get you on their database, right? So that's what it means when it's a vague description that they are not actually proposing a, a very, there's not a role there that they're suggesting you. They just want you to work with them in the future at some point. So that is that you will notice because then they will say, oh, okay, so I've got a few roles for you. And like, oh, I thought there was one job. I thought you advertised one job. So you can tell that right away when they call you, if you have a chat with them. And then I guess when you have a more specific, more, I think, serious, I call it, approach, then they will say things about the job, things about the company. They might not name the company. So don't be worried if sometimes you don't see the name of the company, but it's because what they're trying to do, they're trying to make sure that um, another recruiter, for example, doesn't know that they're working with you know this company and they can steal their, um, their client, stuff like think, that. Isn't a lot of it um, if... An outside agency 
only gets paid if you get the job and they make they deliver you as like first contact exactly yeah if they a lot of the fear i think from what i've heard is if they just tell you the name outright and they're an agency you can just go and apply directly exactly and they've done a lot of the legwork to find you but and, and may even end up having to deal with you afterwards, but won't get paid the same way, right? Exactly, exactly. Yeah. That's that's 100% correct. So don't be worried if you don't see the the name of the company, but if they give you enough information on there that you can tell it's an actual company and not just fantastic fintech in central London. There's a million fintechs in central London. What are you telling me? You're not telling me anything. So be critical when you read them. Read, uh, look out for something too vague. And then when you reply, um, if you're if you're interested, get it going. Be very direct. Don't be like, don't be um, what's the word coy? Like, oh, that would be fantastic. Let's chat more. Say, okay, here's what I want. Does this match up? Yes. Let's chat. No. Thank you so much. Let's keep in touch for the future. This is what I want, anyways. So you know. And instead, if you're not interested at all from the start, from the message, always reply. Thank you so. I always have a, a not a stock reply, but something along the lines of. Thank you so much for getting in touch with me. Uh, at the moment, I'm not interested in your opportunities, but maybe in the future, I would be for this target comp and et cetera, et cetera, if I know they're a good agency or a good company that reached out to me. Um, let's stay in touch for the future. And then I add them as a connection. So these are my usual um, rules of engagement. I think my approach is a bit different, actually. Okay. Not too much different, really? though. Not too mm-hmm. much. Um, I pretty much just don't don't field things from agencies Mm. um it's not so much a hard rule but i've just all of the company all of the jobs i've taken so far have been direct yeah Uh, either i've reached out to them or somebody internal has reached out to me and i've always found the experience really good Mm -hmm. and i've always found whenever i've tried to work with an outside agent like an agency before I've always fallen into the situations of things like suddenly they try and schedule me for four different interviews with different companies and things mm-hmm, like that. And yeah. I've just ended up backing out completely. And so usually I just, if somebody contacts me directly from like from as a, usually they're a lot of the time they're contractors anyway, mm-hmm. but working within the company yeah. with the company sort of name in their LinkedIn and their email and stuff like that, then that's like my, first gate um it's not hard and fast and um i'll entertain things from other people if they look really interesting but that's mm-hmm. kind of my first thing my my next thing is if if they don't send me either the name job description or compensation then i actually have like a, a canned message that i send mm-hmm. um it's not super long but it's basically like thank you for reaching out blah 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 it's it's as polite as I can possibly make it and I just say like as as you can imagine I get quite a high volume of recruiters reaching out to me on LinkedIn it's a real privilege I'm very thankful for it but I can't just hop on a call with everybody that reaches out um and I don't want to waste your time or my time if it's not going to be a good fit and then I say can you send me the company name the job description and the total compensation for this role I appreciate that and then I then I say something like um just to butt them up a bit, while I appreciate the fact that exceptionally talented and engaged recruiters reach out consistently, sorting serious and high quality opportunities from spam would be a full-time job without an autoresponder. So I just address the fact that, yes, this is a blanket message, which usually I don't find people mind because they've sent me just a blanket message, right? Um, (laughs) You've out-recruited them. That's fantastic. I guess so. (laughs) And I just, I just send that and I think I get probably like a 50% response rate. And if somebody's not willing to send through that information without a phone call i don't really want to go through the next process exactly. it could be an amazing opportunity and sure i might be throwing that really it is it really is i just don't thing. i don't want to engage in that kind of process yeah. and that so i I, can't, I always want to have that conversation up front and yeah. as if they're willing to send through that stuff I, I don't care if it's like a pretty large range on salary or even if they've got like I've had a few where they've reached out and they've said, oh, yeah, we've got some engineering manager and senior engineer roles and and things like that. If as long as they're reaching out about one company can provide salary ranges and role descriptions, then Mm -hmm. as long as the opportunity sounds interesting to me, I will engage and I'll be pretty happy at that point to hop on a phone call if it's of interest to me. But I... I found I just sift out a lot of rubbish by just not working with agencies recently. Yeah. Um, 
whether that will stay the same, I don't know. But for now, it's been a pretty good experience. It's also nice just having somebody internal because as soon as you have a question, the, res the turnaround time is like two hours on an email or, exactly. or something like that rather than three days with a vague response. A hundred percent. I feel like that's actually... It's true for me as well. I have worked way less with agencies in the past few years. Like it's been different type of approaches. My first two jobs were through an agency recruiter and I was very lucky because they were great people, um, both the ones that I worked with. But besides for that, yeah, I've tried to keep them. Um... But you know, something interesting that I didn't think we touched on. We mentioned that we get all these recruiter messages. Where do we get these recruiter messages? Yeah, that's um... a good point. Good point. This is, uh, I think we're, we're mostly talking about LinkedIn, which is a really, I think it's a pretty essential tool in the tech industry. If you want to get discovered and reach out, it's, it's not, I'm usually pretty like um, chilled out with things like, yeah, there's no right or wrong answer. There's no things you must or must not do. I would say there's LinkedIn is one of the probably near, near the must, nearer to the must that you, that you need to have. I think um, it can be really helpful. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure there are people out there who say, I've oh, never yeah. used LinkedIn and I don't even have an account. And that's totally fine. Um, I find it useful, but I also just turn off all notifications. Same. <laughs> so I don't, I go there when I want to look at LinkedIn and mm. not necessarily just for jobs, but at least it's not just throwing stuff in my face exactly yeah I, f I find that the job search on linkedin is actually really useful though that's what i found the most better than using than going on indeed better than going on monster those see those websites like that for me the best way to find jobs is through is through linkedin i found i i've started using um otter if you've otter. heard of otta no. um i think it's i don't know if it's something in other countries but it's it's got a good population of jobs in, in the uk and it's mm -hmm. one of those ones where you basically like tell it all of your criteria and it will filter oh, those nice. down people do reach out directly sometimes but you can literally basically hop on there and play tinder with job opportunities <laughs> to some extent and they have some really useful stuff like they'll show the salary if it's listed for the job not all employers do have to list it but i think they encourage it that's really um, good they tell you things like the response rate so how many people actually get a response from that company um versus how many people engage with them for their jobs and things like that and i found that's been quite good i haven't actually got a job that i've started at through otter but um i've certainly used it as a spring point a few times and it's been pretty good so far so nice. i think if if I was ever to move on from Dice, which is not happening for a while, um, I would probably look to Otter first. But again, as you say, like LinkedIn is the done thing is uh, in tech anyway, when yeah. recruitment is ripe, is you will just get a lot of messages. So yeah. it is a decent place to go and just look through those. Yeah, definitely. I'd say LinkedIn is essential both for that, for like you can, like for example, the Spotify job that now I'm like, I'm so happy with, I wouldn't have it would have been a lot harder for me to apply that to apply on the website directly for those larger companies than to get in touch with a recruiter and uh, and i guess speed speed yeah. through that because that makes it a lot easier if you're able to get noticed you have a good profile you have some good connections you're able to get found easily then the internal recruiters of the big companies are going to find you so that's one of the best things i find about being on linkedin in the second as i said the job search on there but um, I will. I know someone who is currently looking for their first uh, their first job in the industry, so I will recommend Otter to them. I think it would be it would be a great thing um, to use. Yeah, I've got no idea what it's like at a more junior level. I know that at um, the level of jobs that I look for, it mm. seems pretty good, yeah. and I feel like it would probably be pretty decent at, at all levels across tech. Nice. Um, yeah, I'd be interested to know actually from other people. Yeah, let's let's. Um, I'm gonna talk to this person, and we'll get some more info. We'll get some more input, and we can talk about this again another time, uh, more in depth. But another thing I wanted to recommend for people that are uh, looking for opportunities boost their profile is weirdly to be on Twitter. Right? I know now it's a very contentious thing. Like people are going to Mastodon, people are going there. But for me, I've actually two of my jobs I found through Twitter, like getting people. Um, like a per let's say just not just Twitter, but like personal networking, one to one, chatting, yeah. uh, friendships, relationships in 
in the industry. So don't discount them. Go to your meetups and go to these events or reach out to people on Twitter because they might be that they have a role on their team like Alberto did at Just See. And he's like, wait, I know a person that could be good for that. Let's message this girl I know from Twitter. And then that's how we ended up working together, Elliot. So it's, a, <laughs> it's a hidden tool. I think it's a little um, ace up your sleeve that you can use sometimes. So I would recommend that too. We won't promote Twitter too much in light of mm. current events, but uh, yeah, social media, things like professional social media yes. sort of spaces can be really, really good. I think I've never had a job opportunity through Twitter or anything like that, but I think having the presence there is quite useful. Definitely. But I do also like shit post a lot, <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know how useful it is for me. Oh gosh. place to wrap up yeah definitely wow we've talked about so much today i know uh, if you're listening to this you might have a lot of questions so feel free to inundate us with questions we would love that if you do have questions like anna said hit us up on twitter uh, i'm at elliot blackburn and anna is at acb dev yes so hit us up there send us questions things that you might want to us to talk about in future episodes would be really helpful we're going to see if we can get a few recruiters on a call at some point and barrage them with questions so if you have questions that you want to ask recruiters about what their processes are like how they work and things like that please do send them over and we'll try and make that happen please do rate the show on your podcasting app of choice it's super helpful for us we've got some really great feedback so far make sure you subscribe as well so that you get the next episode when it comes out and we're available wherever you get your podcasts. So Spotify, Apple. I was looking at the metrics the other day. Spotify's our top one at the moment with yes. Apple. And then Heck others yeah. I've never heard of. After <laughs> that. So, um, we're available everywhere. And if we're not available at the place where you find your podcasts, uh, let me know and I'll try and add it. Nice. Um, <laughs> awesome. No, thank you so much uh, to everyone. And thank you, Ella. It's been good chatting. Like I enjoy doing the podcast because it's always a good chance for us to chat. And uh, yeah, so thank you for that. <laughs> It's almost like therapy, isn't it? <laughs> trauma dumping on your, you know, on your mates. <laughs> yeah, trauma dumping, but recording it and putting it on the internet. <laughs> it's the best. Oh, awesome. Cool. Thank you, right. everyone. Catch you See next you time. Next time. Ciao.